Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuhu. When you're in college or in university, especially college in the earlier years, you're given lectures and you're given books to read and you're given some classroom instruction and then you're given tests and in the tests you're asked questions and if you are capable of remembering what was written in the book and remembering what the teacher told you and you can memorize these phrases and words you probably can do pretty well in your tests. You don't have to have any insight. Um, You don't have to have any personal knowledge. You just have to be able to reiterate and regurgitate that which has been verbally fed to you by way of written words or by way of verbal speaking. So you can go through a course and be able to converse on what you've learned in that course and yet not have any experiential knowledge whatsoever of that course. It's like uh, courses in archaeology where you don't do any field work or courses in zoology where you don't see any animals uh, or... Or, or on and on and on. And it's like that. Uh, by the time you get to graduate school, um, if you're a doctor, at least you're working a cadaver. But for the most part, there's no practical understanding of things. Uh, no hands-on understanding of things. Now, on the Sufi path, we are trying to understand Haq, understand reality. And we are trying to separate this understanding of reality from our understanding of illusion. Now, there are lots of books that have been written about understanding reality. Uh, There are lots of books that have been written on the mystical path. There are lots of books that have been written about the qualities of Allah. But unless you encounter these things in existence, and unless you interface with them in a way that you integrate them into your being, you have no experience. And if you talk about things from book learning, university learning, and not experiential learning, you are manifesting an apparition that appears to be real, but it's still actually illusion. Because you're not experiencing, nor have you ever experienced, what you're talking about. And we have to be 
cognizant of that. God is mercy. God is compassion. And we are created in his image. And that image is not a visual form. It is an integration within qualities. And he has allowed us to feel mercy and feel compassion. So unless you do compassionate things, unless you do merciful things in your existence, you are still in an illusory state where you talk about reality, but it's defined by words, not by being. Um, in the 12th century, someone once said, Sufism used to be a state of being. Now it's a philosophy. And the difference between a state of being and a philosophy has to be understood by each of us. For instance, in the Islamic world, when people begin to speak or when people begin some kind of endeavor, they usually say, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, which means, in the name of Allah, the merciful and the compassionate. Invoking the name of Allah, the merciful and compassionate, on whatever venture you're trying to do. Well, the drug dealers in Pakistan, before they begin their drug transaction, say, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. The murderers in ISIS, before they move forward to decapitate people, they say, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Think about it. Think about how people are insisting that they are somehow involved in the name of Allah, in mercy and compassion, yet it's not the truth the way they approach it. It's not the truth the way they live it. Because they don't practice mercy and compassion. Because they have no idea <coughs> what mercy and compassion are. So they have created illusory understandings in that now it becomes merciful and compassionate for the world to kill people so that you can force them to believe the way that you want them to believe. It's merciful for society to kill off the ones who don't agree with you. There's a story of uh, a uh, Mongol conqueror who was going through village after village after village and destroying them. And he asked how to be taught the religion. And uh, he saw that in the religion people all had names of God. 
uh, Abdul Rahman, Abdul Rahim, and so on. And so he came to one village and he said, I want a name of God uh, to be applied to me. And the people were uh, frightened because he had been killing villages after villages after villages. So they sent for the a local hoja, whose name happened to be Nasruddin, and they asked him if he could help them solve this problem. So he went to see this man who wanted a name of God, and he said, I'll give you a name of God, but you have to follow a certain protocol. I'm going to write the name down, and I'm going to put it in an envelope that's locked inside a box. And in three days, you can open it up, and you'll have your name. And right after he did that, he left and continued going in another direction. Three, three days went by, and the man uh, forced the box open, took out the envelope, and opened it up, and it said, God forbid... And a lot of what is done in the name of God today is actually forbidden by God. And the ones who do these take these things take on a forbidden nature. And they call it a godly nature. And so religion often gets confused with its own self-motive, its own self-praise, and its own self-growth, and they call it subhanallah. And it has nothing to do with subhanallah, praise of Allah. It has to do with praise of self and praise of their own motives. So we have to worry less about these words as about their meanings. And then, when we worry about their meanings, we have to begin to understand what are their meanings and understand that these meanings only come into being through action. Now, we as believers... Say Bismillahirrahmanirrahim a lot. It's like a, a, a restart button. When anything is going astray a little bit, you try to bring it back into focus, you restart. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually good. But, you have to do it within the meaning of what it implies. It isn't a request that what you do would be successful. It isn't a request that your hallucinations become a sort of reality within what reality is in the illusory world. It's a statement that you have locked yourself into God and His mercy and compassion. And that you want to do things within the realm of God's mercy and compassion. So, when we say, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, 
It is a restart. But it's a restart for our compassion and to understand what it actually is. It's a restart for our actions that whatever we do going forward is within the realm of what is permissible by Allah, as opposed to that which is not permissible. Now, the Shariat is supposed to explain to you what is and isn't permissible. But then the Shariat is manipulated by the religious leaders who are in cahoots very often with the government so that the self-motive of the government is that which becomes permissible. And the self-motive of the government is that which becomes appropriate. So they create an entire way of acting that has less to do with God than it has to do with promoting the will of whoever is in power at that time. And that's why Sufis have very little to do with political movements. That's why Sufis don't get involved in political movements. Because a political movement, by its very nature, has self-motive. Has people pushing in it to become powerful. You may notice that very often in politics... It's not about issues. It's about who has the power. And people aren't there because of their love of country. They're there because of their love of power. And their love of having that power within themselves. So we, as individuals, have to get away from understanding that book learning is actually learning. We have to get away from understanding that being able to repeat things is actually learning. Somebody can memorize the entire Quran, but that doesn't know, that doesn't mean that he knows what it means. Because you memorize the entire Quran, you are not a walking Quran. You are a walking memorization of the Quran, which is an imitation of the Quran. The Quran is mercy and compassion. It's not being able to repeat words. We have to understand that truth is Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. And anything that uses that for motives that are other than merciful and compassionate is using it inappropriately. But in this world, everything is confused. And Everything is taught towards the end that the ones in power make their point of view the point of view of the youth and then the point of view of the adult population. So we are constantly under pressure from our society to accept the norms that the society creates as a normative lifestyle and as a godly acceptable lifestyle well that's where the Sufis come in they come in to tell you that everything you've learned for the most part is a lie 
and that everything you've held as dear is a lie. And that's why the Sufis get in trouble so often with prevailing governments. Why do they blow up Sufi mosques in Pakistan? Why do they cut off Sufi heads in Saudi Arabia? Because they are willing to speak out about the individual freedom to connect to God that doesn't need the intermediary of the government, that doesn't need the intermediary of the imams, that doesn't need intermediaries, that is available directly to you, and that you have to establish that somehow by yourself. So, we are in a minority of people. Um, when Bawa was alive, there were never more than about two or three hundred people that came to see him on a daily basis. A very, very small group. And if you look at Sufis throughout histories, throughout history, the Dargas had small groups. They were often in very isolated places with very few people. Well, we have to understand that the proof of success is not in the numbers of people who follow a teaching. Baba would often say he came to find one person who could understand what he was talking about. So, we have to become that one person. We have to understand that it was it is within our birthright to become that one who makes that connection with Allah and becomes the one who understands the teachings of our Father. We have to have the faith and confidence that when the saints come marching in, we will all be among them. This isn't something for somebody else. This is for us. And it's for each and every one of us. And each of every one of us has to have the faith and the confidence that if we can touch mercy and display mercy and become mercy, we can find ourselves within the realm of the merciful. If we can touch compassion, become compassion, we can be within the realm of the compassionate. If we can learn how to love, if we can be love, if we can become love, we can become the ones within the realm of the lovers. And these should be our goals. This is a goal of Haq. This is a goal of reality. To be with the lovers. To be with the compassionate. To be with the ones who display Allah's qualities. To be with the ones who have taken on Allah's qualities as their benchmark, as their touchstone. These are the ones who don't talk about religion, but talk about truth. Talk about reality. Haq is not a religion. Haq is the truth. And Haq exists within all of 
the religions, but is barely acknowledged by any of them. Because they're too busy acknowledging the religion as opposed to acknowledging the essence of religion, which is being. Being what? Being Allah's qualities. So, when we live our life, in each instant, when we say, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, it is an opportunity to display Rahman and Rahim. It is an opportunity to become Rahman and Rahim. It is an opportunity to join forces with that which is real, to extend more reality into the world and lessen the influence of illusion in the world. And this work is given to each and every one of us. And each and every one of us has a different communication within the world with different people and different influences that we have some impact on. I was talking to somebody who was having trouble with the concept of God, but they did not have trouble with the concept of the helpers of God. They actually saw that people like Bawa came into the world and helped. And she said, I get it. You don't see God, but you see his helpers. And through his helpers, you begin to understand him. So, what's the best way to understand him? Become a helper. And then you can understand the truth of what's being given. So, we need to understand that we've seen helpers and we need to become helpers. We need to become the ones who bring out into the world the qualities of reality and allow truth to be spread. May it become so and may the truth overwhelm all of the satanic qualities in the world. Amin, amin. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.